0: And amen. If you have your Bibles, will you turn with me to the book of Revelation, chapter 1 and verse 6, the words of of Jesus. I love this verse of Scripture. It has been misread and misinterpreted and misunderstood and therefore misapplied, particularly in a hyper-grace culture in the church world today, where the authority of the believer... With God and over circumstances has been emphasized in many circles more than the authority of God over us and circumstances. Where we feel that we have such authority, we can command the Lord, and I know the scriptures out of context, I know the arguments, I could debate on either side biblically, but I would be wrong if I take the wrong side and debate it because it's not rightfully divided words. The Bible didn't just say study, study to prove your point, study to, to uh, verify what you already have, have believed, but study to show yourself approved. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightfully dividing the word of truth. I said something that shocked some people a couple of weeks ago. I said, Satan is a preacher, he is a preacher. He came preaching to Jesus. He quoted Scripture to Jesus. Satan, therefore, is a preacher. What better way to deceive believers than with the Word of God? Not all of it, but out of context. Misinterpreted. Misapplied. Misunderstood. He said, it is written. And he quoted it right. Jump off of here. Jump off of the temple. They'll know who you are then. You jump off of here and float in the air like Superman. They'll know who you are then. Isn't it written? Angels will bear you up in their hands. Amen. So jump off this pinnacle over and, and, and come floating down to earth and let everybody see you. And to put it in context and to rightfully divide it, Jesus said, He didn't say there's no scripture like you just quoted. He said it's misappreciated misapplied it's out of context thou shalt it also says to balance that thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God some people have formed an opinion they go to the Bible to try to find a scripture to verify what they've already decided they're going to believe and at that point they become unteachable can't teach somebody think they know it all If I was a school teacher and someone walked in my class that that couldn't, couldn't, uh, you know, couldn't pass a, uh, don't know their multiplication tables and are trying to tell me how to do uh, calculus or geometry or, you know, some of the higher levels of math, I would say, you know, you need to get out of my class. You need to go on past high school. You need to go straight to college. Do not stop anywhere along the way to get any kind of education. You know more than the professors. You know more than the teachers. Amen. And I've met people. Well, I'm da dun dun, 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 dun dun You know the commercial. You, you know it now. It's for state farm insurance. We've, we know a few things because we've seen a few things. In fact, we've seen more than a few things in over four decades of ministry. We've just about seen it all. I'm not shocked anymore. I'm not, but I'm not deceived either. I'm not as quick to not try the spirits. Because I don't just ask, is it biblical? I'm asking, what spirit are you coming in? Are you coming to find something to nitpick and criticize? Or are you coming to seek truth? Because if you're coming to seek truth, you've got a partner in me. You've got a friend in me. Amen. Because if you continue in His Word, you'll know the truth. Not just intellectually. This know is because you're applying it to your life. You'll know it experientially. You'll find out the Word works. Negatively or positively. It works. Take sowing and reaping, for instance. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And I've said this kind of tongue-in-cheek, but this is a very serious matter. Most Christians sow the wrong seed all week long. Come to church on Sunday praying for a crop failure. Can you say amen? Ain't going to happen. Amen? Ain't going to happen. But you can plow under that bad crop through repentance when God begins to restore. Glory be to God. And you can plant a brand new fertile field. And you can sow the right seed. Praise God. Let me let me just say this before I read that scripture. When we got down to the wire and we had people praying, intercessors praying, praying for him. I became keenly aware as the Christian head of my household. As a priest in my home, I became keenly aware of my priesthood. I told you when that hurricane coming, we've got an oak tree that's leaning a particular way. It's a grandfather oak. And when the ground is saturated, when that hurricane came through... There were big oaks down all over our neighborhood, some of them crushing roofs of houses. It looked like a war zone when we could finally go out and navigate around everything that was down three and a half days without any power. And and I, I knew what could happen to our home, and I used my authority as a priest over my home. And I went out and put my hand on the oak tree, and I talked to it. I interceded for our family and our home. I used the power and privilege of priesthood. Everybody say the power and the privilege of priesthood. Every believer, this is not just because I'm a, a called and anointed, appointed preacher of the gospel. This is because you are a believer upon Jesus Christ as your Savior. And you've come into His kingdom and when you get in His kingdom, He can delegate kingdom authority to you and me. Everybody say, delegate kingdom authority. He rules in His kingdom or it wouldn't be a kingdom. A kingdom is where a king rules with undisputed authority. Hallelujah! The devil tries to... Di- Actually, the devil doesn't dispute his authority because he knows... The liar that he is. That's one thing he can't lie about. He cannot dispute that Jesus is Lord. You know where people have a problem with that? Christians. Who don't want his rule in their life. They his—they don't want his reign in their life. They want to go to heaven, but they don't want to bow to the king. So we have a cheap grace. We have a gospel without repentance from sin. We don't have people turning from darkness to light. We have people that want to get a a gospel that says you can sin all week long, you can serve the devil all week long, and you can come to church on Sunday and confess your faith and you'll be fine. That's not scriptural. That's not biblical. You can't be saved by works, but you can't be saved and not have good works. The Bible said in 1 John that he that committeth sin and we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God but committeth in the Greek means to live habitually in without any conviction any compunction about it. You know what that proves? That proves that you haven't moved from darkness to light. I like the way that Eskimo that had come to Jesus. No, it was an Indian. I'm sorry, an Indian. American Indian that came to Jesus. And they were discussing in the Bible study conscience. And he said, I, when I do wrong now. He said, used to. I used to do wrong and I didn't think nothing of it. But when I do wrong now as a Christian, he said, there's like a a sharp... Three point wheel in me Three sharp points on it And it begins to spin In my heart That's called conviction isn't it? Holy ghost conviction When you get saved You can go to the same place You can do the same thing But it won't be as much fun Can you say amen Because you're going to know this is, I'm, I'm out of my element This is not where I belong Amen. You're going to feel deeply that conviction in your heart. And he says, and it keeps spinning and hurting me until I repent and I turn around and I get right with God. And then it stops spinning. You know, the Bible said in the last days, in particular, men's hearts that he gave that conscience to see he lighteth. Every man that comes into the world. That means He puts a conscience in them. People who have never heard the gospel are going to be judged by the light that He gave them. You say, well, how can He? Listen, that's above your pay grade, and that's above my pay grade. I don't have to figure that out. You don't need to, because He's going to be the judge of the human heart. But His Word declares the criterion by which He's going to judge. We have His Word. So it's real important that if you come into the kingdom, you know that God can delegate kingdom authority to you. All power, Jesus said, is given me over heaven and earth. That's kingdom authority. Amen? And behold... For you that are from the south, look at him. Behold, look here. Listen to this. See this. I give, say delegated authority. I give you power. Over how much. That's why this 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 defeatism, this depression, this discouragement that is continuous in so many Christian lives. It, it, it should not be there. I'm not criticizing anyone that is down. I'm saying God didn't leave you vulnerable. Hallelujah. He has made a provision, a sufficient grace. He's given Penelope, he's given his own armor to us. And he said, take it. Take it. Take the whole. Listen, so many people are not lifting high the shield of faith. Therefore, the fiery darts are coming through and the damage is being done day after day after day. And it pains me, Dale, to watch people taking these constant hits from the devil when we have been made a kingdom of kings and priests unto Almighty God. And that's where the authority, that's where the real power lies. I know people that have the Holy Ghost. I know people that talk in tongues. I know people that could stand in this pulpit and preach a message on victory that can't live in victory. And I love them. And I'd love to help them. One well, of the hardest group of people I ever preached to is people that consider themselves highly anointed. And people that consider themselves deeply spiritual. And people that consider themselves very knowledgeable in the Word. Because they come in with an attitude. And I, there's no victory. And if you knew that much, they that do know their God will be weak and depressed and defeated. no. They that do know their God will be strong and do exploits. The book of Acts is about people who knew their God. Because they did the exploits that indicated that they knew their God. It's not just the acts of the apostles. It's the acts of the Holy Spirit. Because they put their trust in the Lord and claim the privilege of their priesthood. Hallelujah. Wow. So I have to keep... I have to keep praying, Lord, send me somebody that's hungry, somebody that doesn't know it all, somebody that doesn't just want to talk about it, but somebody that wants to experience it in their own life, somebody that's teachable. Some, I love what your wife said after all of these years as a pastor's wife and a minister's wife. She said, the Lord told me to come to Brother Venables, and and she has a ministry of her own. I said, put that aside for a little while. Come to Brother Venable's. I want to teach you. I want to teach you. I want to teach you. I preached, I told you in the church in South Carolina. By the way, he that hath an ear, a teachable spirit. Hallelujah. Let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Can, therefore, we need to give the more earnest heed to the things that we have heard. Lest at any time we, we let them slip. And that word let them slip means a ship is coming to a destination. They're coming into the channel headed for the port. But instead of turning where the channel is to go to the port, they just pass right on by. They miss it. We use this term for people that are missing it in church. I keep pitching them out there and it keeps going right over their head. And it's not because they can't comprehend it. You know what the Bible said? The Bible said when the, the when the seed is sown, when the Word of God is sown, immediately Satan cometh. He knows better than we know. What would happen if this Word gets in a good ground heart? It, the Word, is so powerful, so potent. It will produce fruit. Some 30, some 60, and some 100 fold. If I got the potential to have 100 fold fruitfulness in my life, I'm going to sit down and listen to learn. I don't know it all. I know it's hard for you to believe that. Because I preach with authority because I'm preaching God's Word. I do not know it all, but I am experienced. can't get this in three years at Bible school. Take 44 years of pastoring and preaching, and you can learn a lot. I was conducting a funeral, a young man come up to me and said, Your brother Venable, how long have you been in ministry? And at that time I'd been in ministry about twenty five years. And you know, <laughs> I said, When I when I when I'm put out to pasture, I'm gonna I'm gonna write a memoir. I'm gonna write a book about all my experiences and what I have learned by experience and and taking that experience and now going back to the Word of God, continuing to study, but studying from a different viewpoint and a different standpoint. See, some things that might impress you may not impress me at all. Because I've seen a few things. And I know a few things. Everybody that says they're spiritual don't impress me. I'll wait to see. I'm sorry. Amen. Come tie my bow tie all you want to. Can you say, man? Just because you talk in tongues, don't mean you' grown up. I've seen some highly sensitive people. Somebody said, "Have you got the chip?" The other day, when I went to pay for my breakfast, <laughs> he said, "Have you got the chip?" Talking about the chip in my card. You know. You know. How many know there's a chip in it? Amen. All right. I said, "Yes, I do," but it's on my card, not on my shoulder. <laughs> Amen. Somebody said if you've got a chip on your shoulder, there's probably wood a little farther up. Can you say amen? Amen. I wanted the young lady to know I don't have an attitude. I'm blessed. I had a son hanging between life and death, given a death sentence in the hospital, and another doctor after intercession that said it's damaged, but it is not dead. And and I found out through a little research that the liver can regenerate itself if you don't put bad things through it anymore. So God has given us another opportunity, given Him another chance. His mercies are new every morning. And I remember when the Lord came on me so strong, He said, Listen, I want you to pray like in faith, but I want you to pray with an understanding that you are A priest unto me. Everybody say a priest. The priesthood of Jesus is clear. We have we don't have a high priest that is passed into the heavens that isn't touched with the feeling of our infirmity. We have a high priest. We have an advocate, therefore, because of his priestly the present day priestly ministry of Jesus is to intercede for you and me. If there's anybody in here got victory, it's not just because of your great faith or your great resolve or your great endurance or your great commitment or your great anything. It's because there's a high priest that is interceding for you. If you're saved today, somebody prayed for you. You say, I can't imagine who. You don't have to. It may be a pastor of a little old storefront church that's praying for the city. And you're in the city. Or it might be the pastor of a little country church and you're living out in the country that's praying for that community. But I'll guarantee you, if you're a Christian today, somebody has stood in the gap. Somebody has made up the hedge. Can you say amen? You didn't just get up one morning and say, oh, how I love Jesus. No, you got up one morning on your way to the same old sins and shackles that that Satan held you in. But suddenly, a light came on. Suddenly, a conscience woke up. (laughs) <laughs> amen. And a realization of your lost condition and your need for salvation hits you like a like a, a hammer. Somebody somewhere prayed for you. Can you say man? Hallelujah. See, when we, we, we've emphasized the power of just receiving the Holy Spirit without an understanding of the power of the priesthood. Prayer as a priest is a greater power than any gift of the Spirit through the Holy Ghost. Praying as a priest is a greater power than any of the gifts of the, the power gifts of the Holy Spirit. He is the most a powerful that can pray and see the hand of God move. And Satan is warning us to say, come tie my bow tie, acknowledge the presence of the Holy Spirit within us and not acknowledge our priesthood and utilize it in intercession. He's counting on it. Let me read this real quickly. Revelation 1 and verse 6, and, and hath made us, speaking of Christ, hath made us kings and priests unto God. Us, as Christians, the Christian community. This is not Jewish prophecy. This is not exclusive to the Gentiles. This is to every believer. And hath, this is not just for the apostles. And hath made us kings and priests unto God. And His Father. To Him be glory and dominion forever and forever. Amen. Literally translated virtually every Bible scholar. Now those that want to get into the hyper stuff. Will take this king thing. And try to put you in total control and charge. This actually would read. A kingdom of priests. And that authority in that kingdom. Is granted us its delegated authority. Behold, I have the power over heaven and earth. And the same Jesus said, Behold, I give you power over all of the power of the devil. Behold, I give you, delegated, say it again, delegated. Behold, I give you the keys to the what? The kingdom, the expression of His will in earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. Thy kingdom come what? Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. What you bind on earth, I bind, or literally I have bound in heaven. You can't bind anything that He don't want done, and you can't loose anything that He don't want free. He he shuts a door and no man opens it but those that are part of the kingdom of God and are kings and priests unto Him, we can open doors. We can close some doors. You can shut the door lock out the devil. Can you say "Man, Oh, yes, you can. All you have to do is take that welcome mat out and, and use the keys. What do you mean welcome mat? Just sit around and complain all day long. All day long. Complain about your circumstance. See, it's always somebody that has failed me. Listen, people will fail you. And by the way, you probably failed a few people. The blame game has to stop. There are people that the devil is chasing from church to church. You'll chase them as long as they'll run. How I many no oh I I'll never forget a I had a I had a dog named Blackie, and Blackie loved cats. But he didn't think he could eat a whole one. Anyway, he just hated cats. And we had an old cat come, and my great grandma, Mima, she would feed anything that came up on Kennedy Hill. And I mean, there was only one road back then. It was Highway 92. Highway 60 was one artery between east and west, Highway 92. There was no interstate system. And it was wild. You go out at night, you see a bobcat in your yard. You go out at night, you see possum, raccoon. Somewhere back in the woods behind where I lived, there was a panther. Sometimes you could hear it holler. Of course, I only heard it holler one time. (laughs) And then I headed home and shut the door and lock out the Panther. Amen. Yeah. I want to touch this authority one more time. I feel the clock running. But this is so important. The devil does not want you or me utilizing this verse of Scripture understood and applied in our life. You are a kingdom. Every child of God is a kingdom of priest. Everybody say a kingdom of priest. And the reason the king part and the authority is there because priest interceded the high priest would go behind the veil. The only reason judgment didn't come is because of intercession. And God wanted that intercession to occur. He didn't want to destroy them. He wanted to bless them and and, and glorify His name and, and cause the world to know the strength of His covenant. He chose to love the hardest-hearted, hardest-headed people to set His love on them to show the strength of his covenant and his faithfulness. Can you say amen? He devised a system by where judgment could be inverted until repentance could occur. <laughs> amen. And he he had that high priest that would go behind the veil. And Jesus became a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. And we can go into that in Bible study sometime if you really want to. This mystical priest that they didn't know where he came from didn't know where he went. (laughs) Can you say, man? But he just showed up. And they recognized his priestly ministry. We have a high priest that is passed into the heavens. Amen. And it's supposed to give us boldness and confidence because Christ is interceding for you and me. And the Bible said when He saves you, regardless of your hang-ups, regardless of how the strong the chains are that Satan has wrapped around you, when you get saved because of his intercession, he, because he's a high priest and he stands and he pleads your case before God no matter how weak or bound you may be or blinded you were, amen he is able to save them to the uttermost that come oh uttermost means you can't get any more saved than he can save you there's nothing you can do to get any more saved than, than what He does in your behalf. Can you say, me? seeing that He ever lives to make intercession for you. When I fall down, He stands up. Woo! Oh, you didn't hear me. When I'm weak and I fall down, He stands up. He doesn't draw back. He doesn't forsake me. He doesn't abandon me. He stands up and pleads my case. Oh, Exodus 19, 5 and 6. Brother Taylor, I'm going to beat you. We're going to get this done and I'm going to beat you. Mike says, I'm not a betting man, but if I was, I wouldn't put my money on that. I am excited. I am excited. There's no cut and dried services with me. I can't do that. I can't give up on revival. I can't go through the motions and send people home all bound up without any victory. Oh, I want you to know something. I want you to be challenged. I want to be challenged. Come on. Come on. I want to be challenged. Hallelujah. So I can be changed. As we behold, as in a glass, reflected to us by the Word of God, His face, we are transformed into His image from glory to glory, even by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. It's a mighty change. Exodus nineteen five and 6. Now therefore... If you will obey my voice indeed, and keep my com- covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure. Whew. You shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. For all the earth is mine, but you out of all the people of the earth will be peculiar. Didn't the Bible say that we're a holy nation, a peculiar people? In the new covenant, amen. What is so peculiar about us? Because we have been set apart unto God, He has set us apart from all the nations of the earth. And until the Gentiles were brought in, the Jews had an exclusive on that. Can you say, man, thou, the Jewish people, the people, Abraham's seed? Oh, I love that verse in the book of Galatians. They that are of the household of faith, it's expanded. The kingdom has expanded to the to the Gentiles. Can you say, man, <laughs> to receive the Gentiles? They that are uh, uh, they that are of the household of faith are Abraham's seed by faith, and the blessings of faithful Abraham have come upon them. Don't let nobody talk you out of your blessing by separating all those blessings and saying none of that applies to us in the new covenant. Because they'll tell you that that, that the healings and the miracles are all relegated to the apostles uh, and the old covenant. That it is not for today. That is simply not true. That is word. They have scripture to back this stuff up. They explain it. They write books on it. They preach on it. But it's wrong. It's not rightfully divided. There are no miracles occurring. There are no no mighty moves of the Spirit of God. God's Spirit is quenched and God's Spirit is grieved. And yet a Bible study in depth Telling about the Greek and the Hebrew, and someone is coming on like they know it all, but they don't know Him. Because if they knew Him, hallelujah, they would open the door for the Holy Spirit and the mighty move and manifestation of His Spirit. Can you say, man? Hallelujah. They got people thanking God for what the devil's afflicted them with, thanking God for what the devil's doing to their family and their children. and you shall be unto me a kingdom of priest you're going to have power and authority through this priesthood to intercede to pray with god listening hallelujah and god leading in the prayer what do you say if my people this kingdom of priest people if my people come on this is if my people my people and you will be unto me, what? A kingdom of priests. And when you pray, it's different. When you pray, there's power in it. When you pray, there's authority with God in it. Can you say man? Hallelujah. If my people, which are called by my name, when they pray, oh, it's different. Hallelujah. If my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray, move into that priestly ministry of intercession. Amen. Pray for what? Pray for the nation. Pray for the nation. Pray for the nation. If my people, oh, the power of this, the glory of this, the authority of this, the responsibility of this, but listen, more than the responsibility to pray, pray is the privilege and power in prayer, especially when I'm praying for someone else's deliverance. I'm praying for revival. I'm praying for the lost soul. I'm praying for healing for the sick. I'm a priest and a king, therefore, because there's authority to pray like that. if my people which are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way, I will hear from heaven. There's where the power is. It's not just come tie my bow tie, but you can't move into your priestly ministry. You have no authority over the devil. But there's an indication that power is within you. But that power is nothing compared to the power of a spiritual priest unto God that has the authority and the power to bind and to loose. And the devil sure don't want the church to become a royal priesthood. Can you say amen? Because if she does, things can change that the devil says nothing can change. Hallelujah, because nothing is impossible with God and nothing is impossible to him that believeth. If my people say, which are called by my name, come on, these people that have the privilege of priesthood granted to them, when they pray, when they pray, when they pray, it's not just this pitiful cry, oh God, oh God, oh God. No, it's a priest walking before the Lord and standing in the gap and making up the hedge because God has given them that privilege and that opportunity can you say man? hallelujah the wicked flee when no man pursueth but the righteous are bold as a lion hallelujah I will hear from heaven heal their land and we've been praying a petitionary prayer instead of a priestly prayer most of the people praying for America don't know their kings and priests and they don't even believe the message they push back when you talk about the authority of the believer they push back they push back against the move of the Holy Spirit they push back against the miracles of God And thereby, we live this impotent, impotent prayer life. Where all of these prayers are being offered. And we watch the nation. And not just the nation, but the church. You did it right online. You showed a church building with our steeples and our stained glass. And written over the top of it, Ichabod. What happened when God left the temple? Did you know worship went on in that temple? Priests did their duties in that temple. The religion was practiced to the letter in that temple. But because of the compromise and because of the sin, because of the idolatry, the glory, the glory, the glory, the glory. The, what, does it, what, what is it about the glory? The glory is not separate from God. God. It is there only because of God. That's why when the angel of the Lord speaks from a bush, the bush is filled with a fire that doesn't consume it. The fire is gone. The anointing, the manifest presence of God is not there. The sinner sits there unconvicted and unconverted. Sick. Are never healed. The bound never gets set free. Prayers on the steps of the White House, great congregations of people from denominations that don't believe in any manifestation of the Holy Spirit. When you talk about priesthood, they exempt themselves and quote the very scripture I'm quoting. Without understanding of the priesthood and the power of it. Because we are His people. We are called by His name. We are peculiar. Amen. We have become and God has made us kings and priests. Say it with me, a kingdom of priests. We need to plunder hell so we can populate heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're authorized. I'm authorized as a priest over my home to tell an oak tree not to fall. You say, Brother Rimble, that's the silliest thing I ever heard. Well, you better have good insurance when a hurricane comes. You're depending on Blue Cross Blue Shield. Now, I'm depending on the shield of faith. Can you say, man? By the way, Blue Cross Blue Shield has no insurance for the fiery darts of the enemy. But the shield of faith quenches how many of them? How many? So above all, in addition to everything else, take the shield of faith. Wherewith who shall be able? God's going to jump down and do it in your behalf. You shall be able through your faith in Him to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But, everybody say, but, the Lord delivereth him out of most of them, out of some of them oh come on let's get biblical thank you for helping me you really believe God meant what he said he wasn't mincing words he wasn't lifting us up with high hopes to drop us in defeat no he delivereth them out of them all I'm expecting to be delivered out of every evil work of the enemy in my life it is a promise of God it is a purpose of God and it is a provision of God. But I have to use the authorities given me as a priest. So, with all of the intercessions, priests are interceding. You may not know you're a priest, but when you intercede, you move into a priestly ministry. And I, I remember getting in my van, just driving with no destination. Because when, when, when you are facing a situation that is so grim, and I don't know when my son will go home. I know he's prepared his heart to go home. But there's something about victory. I want victory. I want victory. Thank God for everybody that has the grace and the peace just to die and go on home. Thank God for that. But if it's not time for you to go home and the devil is trying to take you out, amen, I believe we ought to have some victory. Can you say, man, I believe this victim attitude, we see ourselves as victims, 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 and God sees us as victors, victors, victors. First Corinthians 15:57 and 58. This is about victory. In fact, before that verse, it says, Death, where's your sting? Grave, where's your victory? Death is swallowed up in victory. Thanks be unto God, therefore, which gives us the victory through Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for you know your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. That's why when Paul said, was told bonds and afflictions await him in Jerusalem, he said, None of these things move me. (laughs) And sure enough, he had it rough. But it didn't move him because he was a victor and not a victim. And oh, I don't want to go there. It'd take too long. 1 Peter. 1 Peter. 2, 5 through 9. We're almost done. Which doesn't mean a thing, except I'm trying to get us to, the, to this point. Listen to what Peter said about us. Ye also, 1 Peter 2, 5 through 9, Ye also, as lively or living stones, are built up a spiritual house, and holy priesthood, a what a ho- see we've been made kings and priests and therefore we're a spiritual house and and holy say it with me priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ when real worship occurs from those who are practicing their priesthood it is transformed to a from a song service a preliminary service to something that comes up in the very presence of God Himself. The Bible said, as priest, you've got to see it's in the context of this priesthood that our, our praises, we offer the calves, what priest offered in the temple, the calves of our lips. Our praise turns to a spiritual sacrifice. Not just a song service. I mean, no, singing that same old song and droning on the same thing is not worship. It's routine. It's just going through the religious routine. And one of them, don't even get me going there, but I'm almost there, so I'll pull myself back. I won't stay there. One of the most misabused words for the Sunday morning service is Sunday morning worship you can't just do anything you want and call it worship there's something called true worshipers that qualify to worship God you can't just start a religious system and decide this or this is what we're going to do to to show our reverence and our love and this is how we're going to do it he said no no it's not the place it's not the protocol that you decide to adapt. Where shall I worship God? The woman asked him <laughs> that he gave the living water. I want to worship. First thing I want to do after drinking living water is worship. I don't want to sit home and watch TV. I don't want to go to the theater. I don't want to go fishing. I want to go to church. Amen? Changes come. Flesh isn't dominating. I love the house of God. I love the Word of God. Where do I go to worship Him? First thing she wanted to do is worship to show his worth. Do I go to the holy mountain or do I go to the holy city? He said the time is come and now is that neither that mountain nor that city is going to be the proper way or place to worship. Amen. But they that worship God, is going to be a matter of the heart wherever you are. They that worship God must worship Him in spirit and in truth. For the Lord seeketh such to worship Him. Offer unto God the calves of your lips a spiritual sacrifice. Hallelujah A sweet smelling savor. It's like incense that comes up in the presence of God and blesses Him. Hallelujah. All right, look at verse 6 of 1 Peter 2. Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture Behold, I lay in Zion or Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you therefore which believe, He is precious. But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same has become the head of the corner. And a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense. What did Jesus say? Whoever falls on this rock shall be broken, humbled. But whoever this rock falls on shall be destroyed. You will humble yourself, except Christ is your Savior or you will face the judgment and wrath of God. There's no middle ground. There's no middle ground. There's no. That's serious stuff. Stone of stumbling, a rock of offense, even to them which stumbled at the word, being disobedient, whereunto they were appointed. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of Him that calls you out of darkness into this marvelous light. The praises of Him is not just singing in the choir or with the choir. The word is virtues. It means His character reproduced and expressed through our life that we as holy priests unto God would show forth the virtues of Jesus Himself. Hallelujah. The fruit of the Spirit is His character. Now, His goodness, His meekness, His patience, His love, His hope, His faith expressed through our life. The problem in Pentecost is we pursued the power instead of the person. We pursued the gifts instead of the giver. And we didn't develop in our priestly ministry. Prayer wasn't the big deal. Call a prayer meeting without any preaching to entertain. Oh, by the way, good preaching can be entertaining. Yes, it can. In ancient Israel, was it Ezekiel? He said, Ezekiel, you got the message. You got the appointing, you got the anointing. And my people come to you as one who plays skillfully upon an instrument. You're prophesying, they say, Preach it. I love it when people say, Preach it. It's like saying, Sickem to a bird dog. Can you say, Man? But I've, I know enough to know. Just saying, Preach it, preacher, if you don't decide to live it, It don't mean that necessarily you're committed to what's being preached. I've seen a through things. So I know a few things. I've read books on everything. People buy me books, send me books. If you read this book, you can get it all together. Well, you know, I've been reading this book so long. It's not that I'm closed and I can't be teachable and I won't listen to ideas. But that's all it is, is men's ideas, unless it coincides with this book. Without a move of God, we're sunk. I like the prayer of the little boy. They went camping. It was one of these campers set on the back of a pickup truck. Man, his wife, and his little boy, and his dog. And they were out in a campground, and a tornado warning came over the radio. The tornadoes were in the area. And sure enough, the sky got black. And the camper began to shake by buffeting winds. The tornado wasn't on them, but it was somewhere in the area. It wasn't on them yet. And hail. Listen, if you're in a t- one of them metal aluminum campers and it starts hailing, and the, and the thing's on the back of a pickup truck, and the winds are buffeting it, it's a scary thing. Amen. So they joined hands. Daddy prayed over his family, priestly prayer. Amen. Mama prayed. Motherly love and compassion for her family and her child. And they came to the little boy. He wanted to pray. He's six years old. He's scared. And he prayed from his heart. He said, Lord, if this storm hits, I don't know what we're going to do. But, Lord, I'm praying right now that you'll take care of Daddy and you'll take care of Mama And you'll take care of Rover. And you'll take care of me. And Lord, take care of yourself too. Because if anything happens to you, we're all sunk. (laughs) I think that's a pretty good prayer. He doesn't understand that, listen, God don't need no intercession. God don't need us to take care of Him. Listen, praise is not something that fulfills a need in God. God was doing real well before He created us. He's going to be doing real well, amen, throughout all eternity. He isn't a needy God. He said, if I were hungry, I wouldn't tell you. Come on, you think your sacrifices of praise in this temple without coming from the heart is going to satisfy me? I have some need that you can fill with your religious practice without your heart. Psalm 50 said, if I were hungry, I wouldn't tell you. I own, listen, those cows you're putting on the altar, those bullocks. Amen. I own the cattle of a thousand hills. Can you say, man, you ain't feeding me when you worship. You are honoring me, reverencing me. I don't need your worship, but boy, do you need to worship. Hallelujah. That's why I don't beg for God. No more junk for Jesus. You can't honor him with anything less than the first fruits. Won't accept anything less than the first fruits. That's not the leftovers. You've got some old chicken and dumplings. Your family done picked out most of the good chicken. So all you got's dumplings and gravy, and that ain't bad. I'm not. I'm not dissing it. Still got the flavor of the chicken in it. You can fill up on it. But if the Lord come to your house. Would you say, Oh Lord, Jesus is here. Jesus is here. You know what? Hey, hey, check the refrigerator. Two days ago, we didn't we save those last of the chicken and dumplings? I know the chicken is gone, but the dumplings is still good. No. <laughs> you don't give God the leftovers. When people decide that God is only worth what what you can't use anyway. That's what they were doing, Malachi 1. It was a matter of honor. Honor the Lord with what? The first fruits of all of the... See, you can't can't say you... Don't get me frustrated. Don't let me get frustrated. You say you love God. There's all these people that wouldn't... they, They wouldn't put God before anything that they want for their personal pleasure. But they say they love Him. They say they reverence him. Oh, I honor God. Well, you can't honor Him unless you put Him first. Honor the Lord with the leftovers. After you've fulfilled your fleshly pleasures and desires, if there's anything left, consider giving that to God. Don't even bother giving that to God. He don't want it. He said, and you know what they were doing in Malachi 1. Forget three. Just go to one. If they had a herd, and they had a prize-winning bull that could have been offered as an offering of thanksgiving to the Lord. But over in the side of the pasture, there was a disease-ridden old bull that was going to die anyhow. You know what they brought to the temple? Malachi 1. Do you know what they brought to the temple? They brought the sick one that they couldn't use. That could be no benefit to them. And they offered it to God. And prayers were not being answered. Prayers were not being answered. The glory of God was not manifesting. And they accused God of unfaithfulness. They accuse God of unfaithfulness. The devil will not only have you offering God your leftovers, but when he doesn't manifest and bless, he'll have you accusing and questioning God's faithfulness. And I'm going to tell you, you've got enough trouble with the devil against you. You don't want to get turned wrong with God. I've seen a few things, so I know a few things. He said, if I am a father, Malachi 1, if I am a father, where is my what? My honor. Well, how do you show that honor? By going through all the tenets of the religious system or by offering the correct offering? I'm not talking about money. Forget money. I'm talking about where God is in your life, whether you're going to honor Him or not. He don't want what's left after you burned yourself out all week. Don't bother. That's your leftovers. Which, and, and you know, he put it so practical, so everybody could get it. If your governor came to your home, would you give him that sick, diseased meat, or would you want to give him the prime rib? You'd want to give Him the prime rib. This is not your governor. This is your God. This is not your king. This is your Savior. It's not your earthly king. This is your heavenly Savior. So honor the Lord with what? The leftovers? The first fruit of all thine increase. That what? That you might be blessed. That you might have your prayers answered. When God gets second place, third place, and He's demoted on down. Once He's not first place, He keeps being demoted. It's easier the next time to put Him in third place, fourth place, fifth place. And if you keep going, He'll be in no place in your life. And yet you will claim to be a follower of Jesus. And you'll want to claim the blessings and promises in this book. And they said, Why do we fast and you don't see it? We pray and you don't listen. Unfaithful God. Now they're not only got the talk about a welcome mat for the devil, just started accusing God instead of saying, Lord, what do I need to do that I'm not doing? What do I need to repent of? What do I need to get back in the right priority? If I'm a father, where is my honor? And he was talking about what kind of sacrifice they offered. The best or the worst. The first fruits or the leftovers. And a nation suffered defeat practicing the right religion with the wrong attitude toward God you bring me the halt you bring me the lame you bring me the blind you bring me the things out of your herds that you cannot profit from for yourself you're not servants of God you're servants of self and then you accuse me of being unfaithful. You see the blindness the devil had... You talk about being hoodwinked and hornswoggled. That nation was hoodwinked and hornswoggled. But he's hoodwinking and hornswoggling Christians in congregations all over the place. We're trying to accommodate everybody's schedule because they ain't got time for God. Get them in. Don't keep them long and get them out so that they can tee off on the golf course by 10 a.m., because no, they don't care what God is saying or what He's doing. I'm playing golf today. I worked all week long. I'm going to the golf course. So you better have me a service. I can get in and get out and tee off at 10 o'clock. We wonder why there's no revival. But that businessman is going to build that church. That businessman is going to build that family, whatever center. But there will be no Revival. The sick won't be healed. The bound will not be set free. In fact, some of those businessmen or alcoholics who are alcoholics, not seeking deliverance, but they're giving to the church so they hold titles and positions. I've seen a few things, so I know a few things. I worked with deacons that hire and fire pastors that were alcoholic. I worked with deacons that were womanizers. They were deacons. They ran the church. They do run it. They hire and fire. You don't have to to please God to stay there. All you have to do is get turned wrong with one of those big shots. Somebody say, preach it. Thank you. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. You know it's true. If you don't know it's true, you ought to hang with me for a while. I've had 40 years of interaction with these kind of people. No revival. No miracles. No wonder they preach there aren't any, because if they preach there are any, they'd be convicted because nothing's happening where they are. And the next thing we do is, well, I don't understand. When when 9-11, the devil... Compromise allowed that to happen in America. The hedge come down. Church went interceding. Revival stopped. A money movement came in to fill the void. And I was in Montgomery Wards having tires put on my car. It's on television. Interviewing Billy Graham's daughter. Saying, where was? These are ungodly people that... You know, they always say, you're in our prayers. And I thought, what prayers? And, and to whom are you praying? And when did you suddenly become a dedicated Christian calling on Jehovah? It's, it's, it's a euthanism. It's just a word. It's just a phrase. You hear it all the time. You're in our prayers. We got you in our prayers. And I thought, are you going to the bathroom now and intercede? Are you a priest unto God? Do you have the authority to pray? Who are you praying to anyway? Amen. If you listen to Oprah, it don't matter who you pray to. It's prayer itself. Just pray to pray for a rat in the corner. Amen. Maybe he'll come through. It's prayer. I mean, seriously, they have... And, and people say, oh, they're talking about prayer on Oprah. Yeah, but who are you praying to? It's only one God and one mediator between God and man. And His name is not Krishna and it's not Buddha. Can you say, man, and it's not Oprah? Glory be to God. It's Jesus. Somebody say it's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. And we are made kings and priests unto God by Jesus. Oh, and listen to this. When, I know we don't have time for it. We, listen. Can we continue this? Because if I get into this, it's going to take some time. But are you getting the message? Do you want to hear more about the priesthood of the believer? Because that's where the real power is. It's... Honey, I've been around tongue... I'm not saying tongue-talking people don't have power. I'm saying until they become a priest unto God, where they can pray effectively, that power is dormant. It is not utilized. And and, and knowing something by the vision or the dream that is correct has never brought revival to a church, to a person. Never! 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 And some people are looking for a word from the Lord. But would not sit down to hear the word of the Lord. And, and I'm going to tell you something about yourself. Watch it. Be careful. That woman, Madam So-and-So by the Road, that wants to tell you your future, that is drawing people in, the Bible said that's dead, flat out, no compromisingly wrong. Israel tried it He said stand now With your sorcerers With your pronos- pronosticators Your people who are, pr- are, are Saying they see the future Your monthly pronosticators Don't, don't read the funnies And then say Are, are you a Sagittarian? Or a Presbyterian? Uh, you know What, what are you? <laughs> what kind of a Tyrian are you? What is your sign? Because you're going to act like your sign. My sign is the cross. And I want to act like the one who hung on it for me. Can you say man? Oh no, 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 no It's not about the planets And how they align And when I was born And where the planets were when I was born I've been born again anyhow <laughs> Even if that had any relevance It has no more relevance And it don't have relevance I've been born again Can you say man? Glory to God, hallelujah But be careful Running after somebody To tell you your future Because somebody's going to tell you your future right or wrong, God or not. And some of it may be true, but when you lean on people instead of look to God. There was a time when the sons of God were led by His Spirit. They weren't looking for a prophet, prophetess or nobody. They were looking for God to lead them, God to talk to them. God's Word to be a lamp... Oh, I don't need that other stuff. I got a lamp under my feet. I got a light for my pathway. All I have to do is walk where the word has illuminated. Can you say, man? And it illuminates the path of righteousness. <laughs> Hallelujah. And as long as I stay on that path and look not to the right nor to the left, did you know somebody that calls himself a prophet is going to tell you to go? And somebody that calls himself a prophet is going to tell you to stay. you know which one you're going to choose? The one you already would like to do or the one that you don't want to do. So it would behoove you to get in the Word of God. Because it is a lamp unto your feet. Are they real prophets? Yeah. They are. But I'm going to make a statement I've been around for over 44 years. They are few and far between. Every Tom, Dick, and Harry that says they're... A pro- what, did he, what did he commend the church at Ephesus for? That has tried them that said they were apostles and found them to be liars. But don't just try them. Try everybody. And try them by this. And when the dust settles, let God be true. This man and every other man Woman, boy or girl If it conflicts with this Let them be called the liar And let this truth stand And you'll be all right. In this day of false teachers This man taught good on false teachers Didn't he? Taught good on the last days And false teachers is part of those last days Those that call evil good And good evil And put light for darkness And darkness for light From such turn away Oh, don't walk away from anybody like that. Run! (laughs) I'm going to save this last scripture. I hope you'll come back for more. I hope you want some more. Hallelujah. Because the priesthood of the believer is the power center of God's kingdom, He carries out His will on earth because of the priestly prayers of his children that's why he said this is the pattern pray thy kingdom come thy will be done and don't put that kingdom just when Jesus comes and rules with a rod of iron the kingdom of God comes in you and me the moment we make Jesus our Lord and Savior because a new king sits upon the throne of our life Hallelujah, and we bow to no other Glory to God. Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Father, we praise You. We praise You. We praise You. Glory to the Lamb. Glory to the Lamb. Let's get ready to worship Him today. Hallelujah. I have a message to the church. I have a message to the Christian. I have a message for those that will sit and listen and learn. I have a message to the backslider. You think you're just going to keep your faith without interacting with your brethren. You think you're going to keep your foot in the door in case you need God's help while not honoring Him, while offering Him the leftovers of your life. Jesus said discipleship will cost you everything, and it's worth it. And it's worth it. He said, nobody can be my disciple because you show up at church now and then. Nobody can be my disciple because, he says, I believe in the inerrant Word of God or I've been baptized in water. Nobody can be my disciple unless he denies himself, takes up his cross, and follows me. In other words, if he don't put me first in his life, seek ye first. The kingdom of God. And His righteousness being right with Him. And all these things that the Gentiles are selling their very soul for. Your Father will see that you have everything you need. Because the greater need has already been met. And that's the need for His kingdom to have rule in your heart and in mind. Can you say amen? At the Holy Church of God years ago, we we had we had an orchestra at one time. Oh man, I thought we we man, we're gonna have to sell this building. We're gonna have to get a bigger building. We and the Holy Ghost revival lady just got healed that was scheduled for a colostomy in Zephyr Hills. She came to our church on a Wednesday night. About twenty-five people on a Wednesday night. What no orchestra there? My daddy on a guitar, pianist had left us everybody else was home but we had church because God showed up and God showed out. She came down for prayer and God healed her of cancer in her intestines. They were going to take out a large section and follow up with chemo. They they were they couldn't reattach it because there was so much it had spread. And so so they they were getting ready to give her after the surgery Instead of reconnecting, a bag on the side for the rest of her life, a colostomy. She said, I went back to the doctor for the final x-rays after prayer. And they started looking for that mass that they'd already identified to know exactly where to go in and to to give the surgeon more information. And said, they took x-rays, they didn't see anything. So they knew there must be a malfunction in the equipment. I love it. I don't know about you, but I was raised in this. I expect these things. I'm amazed because of God's greatness and grace. But I'm not surprised that God does these things today. He's God and He always will be God. He's God in the corner. He's God out on the floor. He's God back at the door. We used to sing it. He's God and He always will be God. He's God in the amen corner. He's God back at the door. He's God all over me. And He's God all over this floor. I mean, we used to sing it because He is the Lord God of Israel and He changes not. Hallelujah. She said they'd cook them again and they can't find it. They canceled the surgery. She said, I was giving a testimony in an assembly of God in Zephyr Hills of what happened to me at a little church on the corner in Sulphur Springs. Oh, right. I said, I just had to write you. And I thought, I wish I'd got the letter a month ago. Can you say, man, I, love, I need to hear things. Oh, don't enjoy your heart. She said, I have no problem. I have no cancer. God did it. There's power. The real power is in the authority of a kingdom of priests to stand in the gap and make up the hedge. My people have power with me. Is it not written? Call upon me, and I will show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Is it not written? Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, it has never entered into the heart of man what God hath prepared for them that love him, but he hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. It is no secret what God can do. What He's done for others, He'll do for you. With arms wide open, He'll pardon you. It is no secret what God can do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus of Nazareth is passing your way. Hallelujah. That's what caused the blind man to cry out, Son of David, have mercy. It's what caused the woman with the issue of blood to crawl on her hands and knees to touch the hem of his garment. And the moment she touched the hem of his garment, virtue, miracle working, healing power flowed out of him. There was no debate. There wasn't even... He had already decided... He had already decided. He had already decided or it wouldn't have flowed. He never went to a funeral that he didn't raise the dead. Thank you for the hearty amens. Go search it in your Bible. Hallelujah. When someone said, if thou wilt, thou canst make me whole, he didn't start mealy mouth like we preach today. He said, I will. If thou canst believe... <laughs> According to thy faith, so be it unto you. I want the kind of faith that it can be unto me. Hallelujah. Thank God for the little woman from Zephyr Hills that God worked a miracle. And somewhere today, if she's still alive, I believe she's telling the story of what God did for her. It's not my name that's getting the glory. It's His. It's His. It's His. his.